Welcome to Shepherding the Sheep podcast. Today's podcast, Gino and Jason will discuss counseling one another, or another way to phrase that, how to engage one another with the truth and encourage each other to holiness and walking with Christ in a worshipful Good day. We pray you are having a wonderful day. Pray that things are going well for you and that you're encouraged in the Lord and that the gospel of Jesus Christ is central to your thinking, central to your life, that the hope of the resurrection is what gives you joy, encouragement, hope, refuge, and strength to know that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and dwelt among us, that he walked on earth and taught his disciples and in pointed people to the reality that he is none other than God in the flesh, and that every miracle was a revelation that he is indeed God, that they walked with him and saw him in the flesh, is the reality that he was fully man, fully God, and that he was the Lamb of God who died on the cross in our place to take away the death penalty and the sins of the world, and that he was resurrected to the hope of glory after his death and burial, that in his resurrection he conquered death, and therefore there is victory over death through Christ. There is redemption through Christ. There is the forgiveness of sins, and there is the hope of the resurrection because Christ's resurrection is proof that he conquered death and that there is glory and hope and joy and eternal life. So that is the gospel, and we pray that you understand the hope of the gospel and pray that this message today would be, or that this podcast today would be one that encourages you to think about how to encourage other people to follow Jesus Christ. So uh, what a wonderful opportunity. So yes, we are here. And uh, today's topic is that... um, Today's topic is how to engage one another when another person is having issues, needs wisdom, needs counsel, needs advice, needs encouragement. Um, uh, We could also say, how do you counsel one another? How do you counsel one another? So the reality here is that I, in the topic to open up of how to counsel one another, I want to broaden it a little bit to how to engage one another. Uh, because oftentimes when we think of counseling, what do you think of when we think of counseling, Gino? Usually, you know, sitting across the other side of the desk, it's a serious situation. Uh, it's like life or death. Um, and it's not necessarily that. Right. Or it has to be from a professional. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that, that one kind of um, is unfortunate because, um, I think it's a common misconception that you have to go to some special Christian counselor to get counsel. Right. Yeah. If, if uh, Hebrews three is right and hopefully you get the the tongue in cheek there, of course, Hebrews chapter three is right. That therefore I am to encourage one another as long as today is called today so that nobody is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And this means that believers are equipped by the Holy Spirit to counsel one another and to encourage each other because the reality of life is that other people sin, I sin, and other people need to communicate into us. And we we talked about this in our blind spot, um, in our blind spot message, or in the blind spot podcast. Podcast, Yeah, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and so... 
Uh, we talked about that, the reality that we have blind spots, but now we're kind of coming back around and saying, okay, well, we recognize that we have blind spots. Well, how do we encourage one another? How do you, how do you, how do you counsel somebody who's struggling with a sin issue? Uh, maybe somebody who's looking for wisdom. Um, how, how do you counsel somebody? You, but Right. So even in that question, the reason why I kept the, the, the issue broad of how do you engage one another is, is the reason I kept that broad was because you could also do this in less formal counseling, not, not necessarily a counseling situation where somebody has a problem per se, mm. but you want to encourage somebody to think about something or encourage somebody in their walk. Yes. And so the principles that we're going to outline here, uh, four principles, and there really are four steps that you follow in order. Um, you could use these, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who's got a serious issue, maybe you're trying to help somebody in, in a pornography issue. Uh, you could use these uh, really on Sunday morning and just talking to somebody. Uh, yeah. You know, you could encourage the, you could use these with, yeah, with somebody you're discipling in evangelism, you could use them uh, really, again, in any situation. So what I wouldn't want you to do is to hear these four points and then say, well, I never used them because I was never in a counseling situation. Well, the reality is we are all actually more in a counseling situation when we realize if we if we quit thinking about counseling as formal across the desk from each other, Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe yeah. the, the, the way to, uh, to also think about it is like, these are ingredients, like these are essential ingredients on how to help people. Yes. Yeah. There you go. How to yeah. help people. It's like simply like you want to help a friend. Yep. Then like know these four things. Yes. This is going to help you be a better friend. Yes. Right. Yeah. And in fact, if you just use these in friendship, you'd be a better friend too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Better friend, better churchman, yep. better, you know, husband, spouse, Father, I mean everything. Yes, because this is relational, and in order for you to 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 help anybody, you do have to walk through these like very, um, uh, they're the common sense. Yes, they're really common sense. Common sense, biblical, um, <clears throat> you know, helpful. So whenever you go to help somebody like this, what you don't have to do is you don't have to make them lay on the couch while you sit in a chair and uh, listen them. to them talk. Charge them eighty nine dollars an hour. Ooh, that's pretty good money. Yeah. That's actually uh, cheap, I think. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think. I think so. Well, some psychologists make like absorbent amount of money. Oh, do they? And like, oh. Okay. Changing, wow. changing the occupation, which makes you wonder <laughs> if you're just sitting on the couch talking and all they're doing is listening, and you're paying them like two hundred dollars an hour, and they don't say anything, and you just talk. And their thought is that if you just talk, you'll figure out your own problems. You could save two hundred bucks. There you just go. sit on the couch. And just, talk. We just saved you guys money. We just we did. We saved you a lot of money. There you go. Yep. You could also save a ton of money by switching your car insurance to Geico. <laughs> this podcast was not brought to you by Geico. So, all right. Well, this podcast, uh, Gino is enjoying a uh, lime, lime Kirkland sparkling. lime sparkling water. And I am drinking Perrier. I think Gino had had a Perrier, but but there was only one cold one left in the fridge. Yeah. So that's too bad. Fail. Yeah, it is a fail. I'll blame my kids. <laughs> They're normally tasked with refrigerator management. Uh, so, all right. How do you engage people? How, how do you help people? Well, I, there are four steps that I follow, that I go through. I think they are simple. I think they're easy. Uh, they're, well... They're simple to state. They are not easy uh, because they require work, energy, and effort. And so how do you help somebody? Uh, step one, and by the way, step one, as simple as it is, I would argue is probably uh, the second hardest step. First hardest step will be step two. So there. hardest step is, uh, second hardest step is getting involved. In other words, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, listen, brother, hey, sister, I'm struggling with this, or I need, or I don't know this, or you want to engage somebody on something, um, get involved. That is one of the hardest things in the world to do, because when you get involved, 
You are, Philippians 2, 4, not looking out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. But when you get involved, what you're, what you're committing yourself to is time, attention, and energy, and effort, and resources. So, right, it's the unfortunate part of working in a, in a bookstore where you would see people who come to you and say, hey, I have a friend who's struggling with this. I just want to buy him a book. And sometimes I would get, I could talk to them and some people are like, oh no, I'm going to go through the book with them. This is our starting point. Other people's like, I just want to buy them a book and hopefully that helps them out. And one, one approach was, is better than the other. Um, the approach is said, Hey, I want to get this book, read it with them and go through it with them together. Good approach. The one of like, I just hope to give them a book and maybe that'll figure it out. Not good approach. Um, however, Right. So when somebody comes to you, 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 there's this part of me that goes, okay, God, uh, I'm acknowledging that this person has come to me. This person has brought this issue before me. This person apparently feels comfortable enough with me for me to, for me to get involved. I am now going to commit to this person because under your providential care, you've put this person in front of me. Yeah, maybe another way to look at it too is, um, you know, you're you're investing, um, and investments require, as you said, time, money, effort. Um, it requires research. Yes. So, yes. And the question is, you know, you do have to kind of ask yourself, like, uh, you know, should I invest in this? Yes. So. Yeah, and and at minimum, the answer is yes. Uh, some problems may be big enough that you need to invest. You need to. Uh, research, you need to broaden the amount of people involved. Correct. Um, by the way, I want to dispel a, a, a false notion. Uh, and here's the false notion that if you go to another Christian in counseling, that it's like a parent, it's like a client patient uh, privilege, attorney, client, attorney, client, or patient doctor yeah. privilege. It is not. Mm. So, um, Gino and I are mandatory state reporters. You come to me and say, hey, I raped a girl. We actually legally by law have to report you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other thing is in a church, especially on a sin issue, if there's no repentance, it may require to go down the church discipline road. So uh, you come and say, hey, I need some counseling. Uh, We always tell people up front, hey, we just want you to know that we are happy to counsel you. However, we are going to talk to the elders about this. Uh, It'll stay within the elders. It's not going to go outside the elders, but at some point, right? If there's a lack of repentance, somebody's cheating on their spouse and keeps cheating and keeps cheating and never repents. At some point you got to go down the church discipline road and bring it before the church. So it's not right. It's again, we're not talking psychiatries or psychology or all the kind of things that are associated with that process. We're talking about your pastor and we're talking about church members. Mm. And so uh, but again, sometimes, you know, somebody feels comfortable enough to come to us with a problem, get involved. And that, that is going to take time, energy, and attention. Um, and, but that's step one is, okay, Lord, it's acknowledging that he's put you in that situation and getting involved. Uh, it may be smart if you have a full-time job and you're married to tell your wife, hey, you know what, uh, somebody's come to me with an issue and uh, I need to get involved and help this person. Like, Talk to your spouse about that, you know. Um, don't give up, you know, your spouse, you know, well, sorry, honey, I'm going to give up date night every week for this. Well, you, you may not be the wise, right? Find find, find the boundaries of which to, to get involved. Right. Yeah. So if the only time you can meet is at 3 a.m. on Saturday morning at one of the casinos, then 3 a.m. Saturday morning at one of the casinos you be and, you, you know, you be there for them. And so I'm assuming he's like, graveyard shift and he's well yes yeah <laughs> and yeah. he's you're meeting him at that yeah yeah but you know what that's fine like yeah, yeah. yeah so get involved uh that's the first part right because you're not looking out for your own personal interest but the interests of others you're that hebrews 3 you're you're going to engage them and you are choosing to take that step and i think that's a fair that that is an intentional part right and so even even to broaden that outside of counseling, when somebody's talking to you, get involved, right? Engage. And that that's part of that. Okay. So step one, get involved. Step two is gather information. So step one, get involved. Step two, gather information. 
Uh, this is the hardest step. Hardest step. I agree. Because the situation may seem cut and dry. But in terms of helping them, you really have to uproot the heart issues and you have to drive at the truth. Yep, and they're only going to tell you as much as they want to tell you. And that's the problem. Yes. And a lot of times they think they're right in what they tell you. And there's multiple people involved, more than one person at Usually least. Usually more people involved, yes. Uh, so you're only getting one side of the story. Yep. And you're hoping they're giving you as much information as possible. Yep. So there, there's a challenge there. Yes. Very important to realize that the proverb here, the first to plead his case is right until a man of understanding comes along. Uh, most people, when they first present their case, they're the good guy and they're the victim of something or uh, they didn't do any wrong. Uh, so a lot of times you have to kind of dig and dig deep. That's actually really uh, a very crucial. Like you cannot skip that. Like you have no. to, uh, you always have to have that, the, you know, that, that I, that, the thought or not, maybe not the thought, but the, what do you call it? Uh, know that you're only getting their side. Yeah. You have to be aware that you're only getting their side. Yeah. Which means that you have to leave the door open for more information. Yes. And for the story to turn somewhere at some point. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise you shoot yourself in the foot. Yes. And you're not really helping them. Yes. Yeah. Cause in fact, I'll, even sometimes I'll tell them, well, if what you told me is, is true and there's not other information, there's not other information that's left out, then this may be the best approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I do think it's helpful at this point, too. When, you, when you've got involved, you got involved with that person. So if this person's coming to you for marriage issues and you're starting to say, okay, I need to gather information. I need to gather data, right? I need to understand what the problem is. I need to understand how to help this person. I need to understand, right? So you're trying to now, you're trying to gather information about the person, about the event, about the situation. You're trying to find the heart issue. It's a lot of work. And I can tell you it's a, it's a lot of like preliminary questions. Okay, what's the problem? Okay, well, why, why did this problem exist? Okay, well, what, what happened? Like um, the, the temptation though is, especially if it's a, a marriage situation or a relationship problem, the temptation is for that person to talk a lot about the other person. The temptation in every one of us is to go, oh, well, that person should be doing this. Eh, wrong. That person's not in the room. You cannot counsel somebody who's not in the room. So I tell this to spouse all the time. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to your spouse. All I can do is help you be the man or woman of God that God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. Cannot counsel your spouse through you. If your spouse wants to talk, then I am here for you. However, if your spouse, because your spouse isn't here, let me just help you navigate. Right. And I think, I think if you kind of gather information, right, when you first start gathering information, you need to gather information to help the person you're talking to because the person who also may have their hand in this cookie jar, if they're not in the room, you can't help them. Yep. Yeah. The last thing you want is for that spouse to go back and say, Hey, pastor said you need to do this. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's just a form of manipulation at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really um, unfortunate that sometimes a lot of people are wired to do that. Uh, it's our sin nature where we want uh, sometimes to, to have that kind of like authoritative, you know, voice that we can be like, well, so-and-so said this. Well, can't do that. So gather information about them, who, what, when, where, why. And then when you've asked those questions, now you need to circle back around and you need to gather more information, right? So, okay, who are we talking about? What happened? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you doing this? Why are you acting this way? Uh, it's That's also a good point to figure out what do they want? Okay, how do you... If you could wave a magic wand, what does resolution look like? And that the answer to that question is super important because it tells you ultimately what they want, right? A lot of times I just want the conflict to go away or I don't want this child to do this or I don't want my spouse to do this. Um, and then you as, as a, you as the believer helping them have to say, you know what, uh, 
actually the the goal here is that everybody would honor Jesus Christ. So you have to kind of like, right, not only are you gathering the problem, you're gathering the expectation of what they want to see accomplished. And I can tell you, sometimes you'll, you'll have, you know, in couple counseling, a lot of times it's not, um, the goal is not necessarily to worship Christ, it's to make life easier. But, you know, a guy comes to you or a girl struggling with pornography, well, their their goal often is to, you know, they want to worship Jesus Christ. And so, right, I mean, it is helpful to kind of say, okay, what does what does it look like? What does resolution look like if we could just wave a magic wand and solve the problem right now? So super important question. And then when they're when they've answered that, then before you ever do before you can even move on to step three, you have to go back through the information they gave you. Are you saying this? Are you saying that? Are you saying this is the problem? Are you saying this is what you're struggling with? Do you think this like and you 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 really need to become an expert at the problem? So if you cannot articulate back to them the problem, then you have not investigated the problem well enough. So, right, if you come to me and say, yeah, I have a problem with finances, and then you talk for an hour, and then when it's all done, I say, okay, so you want to buy a boat. And the person says to me, no, I have a problem handling my finances. I have not really done a good enough job of uncovering and gathering information if I cannot articulate back to the person what they're telling me. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that's so that's the reason you would want the reason you want to tell it back to them is that is a standard of measurement of have you gathered enough information? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. So then you gather their information, but you're not done gathering information. Right? Remember we said this is the hardest part. Getting involved right also means not only am i going to gather information about the person i'm willing and going to gather information about what does the bible say right and so whatever the problem is sometimes they tell you and you sit there and you go i have no idea what to do and it's okay to tell them you know what i'm not 100% sure what to do but I'm going to come alongside and I'm going to research this with you and I'm going to, we're going to figure this out. Right. And that's where you have pastors and elders to help you equip you. Uh, We can point you to books. We can point you to the Bible. We can talk about the situation without exposing the person sometimes. Um, Right. You have a multitude of counselors can be helpful in this. There's a multitude of, you know, voices can provide wisdom in this. And so, when you're gathering information, you're also saying, okay, so you have a problem with your finances. Well, what does the Bible say? Right. And so maybe at this point you go and you find out, Oh, they're discontent, which is a spiritual issue. And so though, though we can talk about setting up a budget, we also need to talk about being content in what you have, Mm. you know, so that information that you gather from the Bible then has to go back to the person at some point to start to help them think through everything the Bible has to say about it. Right, right. Yeah. So any anything I missed on gathering information? Mm, not at the moment, no. I think that's pretty good. So basically understanding the issue uh, and then um, gathering uh, biblical information to address the issue. Because the goal, yeah. right, is to help the person respond to the situation as, as a worshiper of God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you, and the only other thing I'd nuance there is gather, gathering information about the situation and learning the person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the other thing too, right? If you, you want to learn about the situation, but you're also trying to learn about the person. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you, the solution is obvious to you, but then you look at where the person's been in life and you realize, well, the person's really never had discipleship. So, you know, sometimes that'll help prevent you from putting the cart before the horse. Gosh, do we even, does that analogy even work anymore? <laughs> yeah. I think it does. Because mm. yeah, you could still visualize. That's true. Yeah. Because okay. a, a car, you know, the engine can be in the back or the front. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you don't want to put the cart before the horse. You need you need to know that person. You need you kind of need to know where they've been. Um, uh, also important to determine are you talking to a believer or an unbeliever here? Yes. And so, that yeah. Is, that talking, is, yeah. Ultimately, the prescription is the gospel. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's the most important um, goal. Uh, you know, your counseling, I mean, uh, you also want to help them at, at some level, practically speaking, right? Yes. I mean, your your cousin, you know, a relative comes up to you. How do I handle the situation? I think it's fair to, uh, I think it's honest to come from the biblical standpoint and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, that's always a good thing because the Lord could use that. Yes. And and open up the gospel to open his eyes to the gospel. So, yeah. but the goal is for, for that person to know Christ. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, I think your counsel, if you're trying to like biblical wisdom makes more sense to, to, to people that have the Holy spirit in them. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, but it does, but in either case, it does take us to our third point. So you, you're getting involved, you're gathering information. Uh, you need to give that person hope. And that's step three, give hope. Uh, and that that's where it's helpful for a believer and unbeliever, right? Unbeliever comes to you with a problem. You know, listen, uh, I maybe don't know all the nuances of how to tackle that problem, but I do have hope for you. And that is that I do know this problem ultimately exists because sin is in the world and Jesus Christ um, has conquered the sin problem and death problem. So there is hope. And so, you know, when you're done gathering information, even if you can't answer the problem, right? Even if you're like, man, this problem is way over my head. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to go do some research. You can at least come back and say, okay, listen, um, there is hope for you because Jesus Christ is a reconciling God who has promised you the hope of the gospel. That's, that's really good, Jason. I think um, just having that, uh, perspective where you can zoom out a little bit mm-hmm. and not get stuck in the weeds yes. uh, and and just have the the big reminder that because of the gospel uh, because Jesus has died for sin and sin is the issue here and we just need to pinpoint it but because he has died for sin um, there the future has hope yes there's always hope yes um, that's and that's gonna at least get the person in uh, what would you say is that per, is the purpose of giving hope? Like, how why is that important in the in the process? Well, I think uh, it's super important because one, it reminds us that God is a reconciling God, and God also is interested in holiness. Okay, right? Like, God is not in heaven going, I'm going to trip them up in holiness and never let them walk walk in holiness or with a peace of mind in life. Okay, yeah. So for a person that's struggling, they need to hear that because. That, that, is it is that for them to know like uh, know that our god that their god is actually a god who uh will you know help them as yes. they walk with the lord you know what i mean yes um i guess that makes sense because some people uh, get so self-focused yes um and they don't realize that the lord is much greater than their circumstance yes yeah um I think it's also, right, I mean, God is aware of the problem, and God is a, God is aware of the solution, and ultimately, who does the Lord want us to turn to for solutions? And it's Him, mm-hmm. because the solution is ultimately to walk us, to be the man or woman He's called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's, if that's ultimately the goal, like, where else am I going to go and turn to mm-hmm. that's going to point me to walk as he would have me walk? Okay. So would you say that that, that step is, is like giving them, you know, pointing them to the, to where the light of the end of the tunnel is like, Hey, yes. walk this way because yes. there, number one, there is hope because God is, God is, you know, the savior of our souls and he has forgiven sin. And, um, if you're pointing them in that direction, they're going to walk towards that, that that direction does that yes. make sense I, yeah. I don't know if i'm saying that right i'm just trying to understand the process in terms of um 
Yeah, I think, no, I think that's right, right? Because you, you ultimately, I mean, to walk in holiness and to walk in worship is to, is to learn and conform into God's image. And so God, one, is a reconciling God. Two, God, God is a sympathizing God. He had to be made, uh, he, he was made like his brethren in all things, Jesus Christ, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. And so for me, hey, that recognition of this problem is ultimately a sin problem that is solved by Jesus Christ. And to know that Jesus Christ actually came in the flesh so that he could minister to you is important. Like that's where your hope is and that's where your refuge is and that's where your strength is. Uh, even if you, uh, a lot of times in counseling, people are at wit's end, and so there's a short-sighted, they want an immediate fix. And, and I get that. I totally understand that desire to have, a, to have a, a immediate fix. However, in order to come to the aid of those who are t- right tempted, I've got to have that long-term fix of, of probably reorienting my thinking and reorienting my worship which is going to take some time and ultimately to realize that's what Jesus is, is, is trying to do too. Like he's, he is conforming me into the image of him. That's helpful actually, because uh, we want to have the mind of Christ and we want to have the right attitude uh, as we're even approaching our own struggles. Yes. And I think um, to be hopeless is really not to know who God is. Yes. Um, Yeah. And you're right. I think God wants us to be hopeful because it sets you on a path of holiness. It, it's also um, it also helps with this self centered um, kind of uh, attitude where it's like you know I'm never going to get out of this situation because you know it's hopeless. Right. Well, no, no. The the Lord, um, the Lord can is change if you know the Lord and you love the Lord. He is changing you, and yes. you you have to know that if the Spirit is in you, you will be. You are being made into his image. Yes. Um, and that should be hope for everybody. It should. Yeah. Well, and and even, yeah, so if somebody does, isn't encouraged by that, then even that's information to you because now you're aware that this person doesn't understand his or her sinfulness that's involved in the situation as well. Yeah, de- deficient. Something's deficient in the yes. view of God, the gospel, Yes. Somewhere. And that's, that's like a red flag. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I know it's, it's helpful. Nobody cares more about your marriage than the Lord. Yes. And the Lord is not trying to separate you from your spouse. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, nobody cares about your holiness more than the Lord either. Mm. So right to, to just be aware that ultimately, um, Right, that I can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace because there at the throne of grace uh, we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hebrews uh, 4.16, super important. Yes. By the way, the passage I read earlier was Hebrews 2.17, 18, uh, about being made a first, uh, merciful and faithful high priest. Yeah, so for, so for the give hope part, like how would you summarize the, the why for that? Yeah, why do I give hope? Because I want the person to know the solution is in Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, so I, wa- I want you to know that uh, the solution is not necessarily shiny, happy people. Mm. The solution is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and... Is it possible there's going to be suffering? Yes. Is it possible it's going to be hard? Yes. Is it possible there's going to be persecution? Yes. Is it possible that there's going to be pain? And the answer is yes. Uh, But none of that is long-term because eternal life means that today is momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, eternal life, way better. God... Yeah, God's ultimately the answer. And so uh, I want to remind you that uh, that God is, that God cares, that Christ cares, that Christ sympathizes, that he empathizes, that he loves you, 
Uh, we know he loves you because he died on the cross for you. Um, and he understands you. And I want you to understand that he does understand you. And I want you to know that if you'll uh, learn to rethink to follow him, that you can be the man or woman God's called you to be. It doesn't mean you'll necessarily fix the problem. Right. But it does mean you you can have the peace of mind that you're doing it God's way. Yeah, that's helpful because sometimes the solution that you want may not come to pass. Right. Like that spouse may leave you no matter what you do. Yes. But the hope is that set your mind on things above. Yes. Right? Not on earthly things for Christ died for us. Colossians 3. Yes. Um, it's that refocusing and knowing that the hope the hope is is not the solution in the situation. The hope is that the hope is Christ. Yes. It's not like ultimately like, look, there's no guarantees here. Like yes. your hope actually is not in this situation being fixed. Your hope is in Christ. Yes. Or would you say that's fair? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and there's joy in Christ. I think the more you understand the gospel, the more joy there is in the gospel. Amen. And uh, yeah. So lack of joy usually is probably related to a lack of understanding of the gospel. So uh, step four. So you're going to get involved. You're going to gather as much information as possible. Do you think you've gathered enough? Nope. You need to gather more. Then you're going to give them hope. And the final thing you want to do is give them homework. Dun, 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 dun. It's the worst thing you could have said. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who likes homework? Most important thing that I said, though, was that one. Well, okay. the gift hope is important. Uh, all of it's important. But right. uh, one of the one of the, the most uh, miss, uh, one of the worst things we do in helping other people is not giving them some kind of homework. Hmm. Uh, and I would say... Uh, centralize your homework around two things truth and action so for me it might be you know i'd like for you to read this book uh or i'd like for you to read john or you know ephesians or some book of the bible and i'd like for you to outline what you're reading um and i'd like for you to to you know then, then make them do something, right? Hey, this, not not to earn favor, but uh, I always tell people, you know, uh, I'd like for you to try to do this. I'd like for you to try to do that. Like, you know, um, and make it, you, you want to make it a situational, right? Like, okay, so let's say the person's complaining about their spouse. Why don't you do this? I would like for you to tell your spouse that you'd like to sit down and talk about insert subject. Um, and then when you sit down, rather than go off on the person, ask them 65 questions. Hey, why do you do, you know, and non-accusatory, right? Like, you know, like help me understand, like why, you know, yes. like help me, help me know you better and understand yes. what's going on, why you tick the way you tick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe that even includes, Hey, what are, what are some things that I do that bother you? You know, anyway, the, the point is you're trying to get them to go do something. So you're trying to inform the mind, but also put things into practice. Mm -hmm. And that, that's important because uh, the homework is the most important part. Mm. Because if this person wants to actually learn and grow, they're going to do the homework. If the person's not interested in learning and growing, they're not going to do the homework. Well, the, the, would you say that the homework is the prescription? Yes, Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's like, so it's like, hey, you want to get better, you got to take this medicine. Yes. If you don't take this medicine, you're not going to get better. Yeah. Could you imagine telling the cancer patient, okay, well, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to do the chemo, you know. Right. If your cancer patient doesn't do the chemo, then you kind of have to think, does this person really want to eradicate their cancer? Uh, now, Jesus Christ eradicates your sin. And he makes you holy, but you've got to start learning and learning how to walk in that, in that holiness. And so, uh, the Holy spirit will empower you. He will teach you. He will direct you, but it, but it might take work. And I think a lot of that is recognizing, uh, you know, how long the, you know, you, you didn't just wake up and have this problem or you didn't just wake up and get in this issue. So, you know, be patient, take your time as somebody helping them realize they're not going to change overnight. Uh, it may take some time. 
on the flip side, if they never do their homework, at some point you maybe have to contemplate, is this person interested in changing or is this person just want, you know, is this person just looking for somebody to like complain to complain to or like get their attention? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, if you're if you're not trying to walk in holiness, if you're not trying to if you're not if you're not taking the prescription to heart, how are you going to be conformed uh, to the mind of Christ? How are you going to renew your mind? Like what Romans twelve two says, do not be conformed to this world. The whole problem in the beginning was that you were conformed in a different way of thinking that's not godly. Yep. So you got to change it. So this is what you got to do. Yes. Right. Um, so you have to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Um, if you so. You got to do this. Yeah, like this is this is for you to start practicing what it means to um, to live in such a way to honor God in this situation. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's. Do you think it's fair to maybe even at some point question their teachability? I mean, it's definitely um, uh, that acid test, right? Like, if they're not willing to do it, uh, then. The question is, well, why aren't you teachable? Like, yeah. what's your purpose then? Uh, what's your purpose then of meeting with me? Like, did you really want to solve the problem? Yeah, you know. Yeah, if they don't ever do their homework, is it fair to ask them, "Hey, do you really want to change?" Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. Or, or my favorite excuse is, you know, I was just really busy this week. Well, how do you respond to that? Yeah. Um. Gosh. Uh, if they're too busy, um, if they're too busy, then they're not really concerned about their walk with the Lord, right? Yeah. They're not really concerned about the situation. They, for some reason, uh, at that moment, they wanted something fixed uh, because it was good for them. It was good for their, you know, they're they're somehow somehow motivated, you know, um, in solving something in their life so that their life could be easier. Right. It's very self-centered, self, self-absorbed. So it's 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 really it's it's exposing the worship of self rather than the worship of God. Right. Yeah, I w- I wonder. Right, if you're not, it's always weird. You come for counseling, and then you seven eight days later, you still haven't had time to do it. Like for me, I guess that question is, well, how important was this? Right. Right. You know. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's fair, and 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 some people do, uh, you know, they're they're starting from ground zero, and uh, granted, some people just don't have they they already struggle with discipline, right? They already, they already struggle with certain disciplines that that will uh, be a barrier, but but their desire for Christ can help them, right? And that's I think where like the hope is, right? The hope right. is the hope is in, in pursuing Him. Uh, yeah, but I, that, that's always a challenge with people. Yes. Well, and even their presuppositions of, you know, yeah, it does maybe draw out, you know, lack of homework. There, there could be many reasons for it. Um, but at the flip side, do you be patient with them? Or at what point do you maybe say, hey, this is a waste of both of our time if you're not going to do the homework? Yeah, I think that's a case-by-case situation. Yeah, okay. Um because we've walked, some people you walk slowly with, some people, um, I think you just, and this is where like knowing the person does help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, for, I, I know for us, like we have like talking to one another and just getting counsel for one another and really trying to dig down and, find, yeah, and understand, you know, when, when do, is there a, lo- a line that's ultimately drawn um, or it ultimately ends up in a church discipline issue. Right. Um, which has happened. So, yeah, I would, I probably too, before I said, I'm not going to meet with you again, I would probably bring up the lack of homework to him at some point and say, you know what? Like we've, we've talked three times now and you've never once gone home and done anything I've asked you to do. Like, why not? Yeah. Why, why, why not? Like, do you think, I'm just kind of telling you this because I think it's fun. Like, like, uh, from my perspective, would if you were me, would you think, would you think that you wanted to change if you're not gonna go home and actually kind of do anything about this? You know, um, 
Yeah. Um, that's helpful because you're uh, at that point, you're really counseling the person to see themselves in a mirror. Yes. And you are exposing their, their, their heart and, and really showing that they've been really not, they really never really, they're not really interested in whatever they thought they were interested in. Yeah, that's true. And maybe bringing, and that's where, you know, a lot of times they've elevated the situation greater than God's glory. Yeah. Um, and so all they want to do is just fix the situation. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I would say if you don't know which to do, err on the side of grace. I think that's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's never, you know, um, yeah. Uh, at some level, like God is so patient with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, God is just so patient with us. So uh, yeah, if you, if you're not erring on the side, right. I mean, if you, I mean, God's super gracious to us, uh, err on the side of grace. If you don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and go and I think that's the other thing. Don't try to do too much. Go slow. Yeah. Now, what do you say for? So I know we've been kind of talking about from our perspective. Well, let's say from uh, uh, the churchman's perspective. Maybe they have. They maybe they don't know as much, or they're struggling with certain situations. Um, what would you advise them at Cornerstone? Like, you know, they, someone from church has given them a heavy situation. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, you go through those steps, right? You get involved, you gather information, you gather data, give them hope, try to give them some homework. I always do try to caveat at the very beginning, hey, I uh, just want you to know that um, that I might seek the other elders' wisdom on this. Uh, I don't give them any detail that doesn't need to be provided. And on the other hand... You know, if you're bringing me something that I've dealt with before, I may not have to express too much to him about this. But on the flip side, if this is, a, you know, depending on the issue, you might have to like. So I would just always kind of like be up front with them and be honest up front. Like, hey, we may be going talking to the other elders, you know, or but this is for your benefit. Explain why you would do that. You know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors and. um. But be ready to be a student. And and I think that's the thing, too. You don't necessarily, when somebody comes to you with something, you don't necessarily have to have the answer. I think it's fair to say to them, you know what? I don't entirely know. Let me get back to you. And so I think it's more important to give them hope, give them homework, which could be, hey, could you maybe see if you could find a book on the issue? And I'll see if I can find a book on the issue. And let's see what we come up with. You know, and so... Uh, because if you kind of feel like it's above your pay grade, then I, I think in some ways God's asking you, Hey, you need to get on, you need to make this, you're going to spend some, uh, extracurricular time learning this issue mm-hmm. and I'm going to teach you, right. God's going to teach us how he comforts us through this so that we can comfort others. Mm. And, um, from, from second Corinthians one there. And so, you know, in some ways, like, that in, that investing in them is sometimes is saying, hey, I'm agreeing to come alongside you and walk with you to learn and to grow together through Christ through this. Uh, the only other counsel I would give on that is, you know, if you're if you're married, if you're a married dude and the person that comes to you is a woman, then you, you need to think about being smart in the approach going forward. Mm. Um you know, you, you you don't want to be going over there at night by yourself. Uh, you want you want to be very smart, and there's some boundaries that you want just just for your own, for your and her protection. I know, it's so funny because I know there's a group that cries foul like, oh, that's so you know, but um, I think it's wise. Yeah, you know, and so even though I know there's there's people out there that think that that that's kind of a even sexist to say what I said there. I think it's wise, right? You don't want to, um, right? You you don't want to be having um, intimate personal discussions with somebody who's not your wife without some kind of a like, just way to keep that comfortable for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, you know, sometimes when, when I've had to counsel a woman, I've just said, Hey, 
my wife's here Thursday from two to four. Can you can you be here Thursday two to four? We're gonna meet in the room. My kids will be around, but they're they're not gonna be in the room. Um, you know, my wife can sit in here if you'd prefer her to be in here with us, or we can talk without you know. And so that that, that just kind of stuff helps. Yeah. So. Yeah, some of some of the situations can can get really complicated, and um, uh, you know, if you're coming to us for advice or help or helping you walk through those situations, you know, because um, a lot of the times they they're, they're you're helping somebody that's not even in the church, right? You're helping some some person at work, or you're helping some person, or some friend, or. Um, yeah, usually like heavier situations at the church do end up uh, on our table, right? Yeah, on our plates, so. right? Which is okay. I mean, because that's what we're here for. We're here to equip you to do ministry. Yes. Um, and if somebody's, I mean, if somebody's sharing that kind of information with them, it's probably because you've already ministered to them in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's uh, true. And so there's some other there's some other things there too. You know, from Galatians six about making sure you're not, you know, become. Um, hard-hearted or prideful through this so yeah but that's a good start gather from uh get involved gather information give hope and then give some homework so uh also good for just engaging people hey i'm standing here next to this person i'm just going to get involved and start learning about you and you know love you i may not give you homework you know if it's just a sunday morning uh, sometimes i will though if, if the discussion you know somebody comes up and talks to me usually i try to give some kind of homework like hey you should do this or um uh so yeah good uh, i found it helpful hopefully uh, it would be help, helpful to you and so uh yeah i hope you have a great week and uh, if there's anything else we can do yeah to That's serve a, you it's encouraging encouraging topic and again it's it's it, it hopefully it encourages our church to walk uh, together, you know, in life. Yes. And it doesn't know, you know, counseling one another is not always this heavy thing. It's, it could just be simply, Hey, how do, you know, I want to be holier or I want to, I want to do better in this area. Uh, will you walk with me? Yes. It's, it's, and that's a great thing to do together. It is. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, love you cornerstone. Love you cornerstone. Have a wonderful week. See you guys.